Get comfortable, you're in the Marketing Stylist Chair, and it's time for some Shop Talk. Shop Talk Podcast is where entrepreneurs and small business owners gather to learn how to market themselves and their businesses, and we do it all from the Marketing Stylist Chair. And now, your host and resident stylist, Lisa Alexander. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Shop Talk with me, the marketing stylist, Lisa Alexander. This is episode number 10, and it also begins our business expansion series. For the next few weeks up until January, we're going to talk about how small businesses can expand their businesses. I know at the end of the year, we're usually making goals and looking towards the the coming year on how we can better ourselves or better our businesses. So the next few podcast series are going to deal with how we can expand our businesses and um, what you need to know. So today we're going to talk to broker and uh, teacher Mishika Guillory of the Guillory Group and Commercial Leasing 101. And she's going to share with us what we need to know before we sign our first lease. There are some very important things that we need to know if we're going from a home office and going to look into renting commercial space. It's not like renting an apartment. Furthest thing from it. And so Mishika a dear friend of mine is going to share with us what we need to know about a commercial lease, what's in there, some hidden things that we need to know about. So enjoy today's show. We're going to talk about commercial leasing and what you need to know before you sign that lease. Enjoy, everybody. Michiga, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited. Now, we're going to discuss what business owners need to know before they ever sign a lease. A lot of small businesses have, uh, small business owners have the very wrong concept that it is just like renting an apartment. Mm -hmm. Which it is not. Do you have three hours or is this just one? Um, just an hour. We have just that an much hour. To <laughs> so first explain that this, explain to us why this isn't, why the process is so different. What, what makes it different from renting an apartment? Easy answer. Renting an apartment literally means sign the lease, move in, everything's taken care of. Um, a, a, an inspector's already come through. They've checked the place out. It's been cleared for occupancy. So it's something you never have to worry about as a resident. But when you go into an office building or a retail center as a business owner, all of that falls on your shoulders. And so people have the misperception. I signed a lease to get into an apartment and everything was easy. So when I sign a lease to get into an office or retail space, it should be just as easy. And it's not. It really isn't. Mm -hmm. so it really isn't. That's where half of um, what I teach comes from is all these mistakes that people make trying to get into their offices. That's right. You do teach a class for small business owners and real estate agents where they can come and find out, get the skinny, if you will, on <laughs> what's yes. going on with your commercial leasing and everything. So we'll talk about that at the end of the show, okay. that, of the class that people can take. So tell us then about... What, what do we need to know if we're going to go in and we're going to sign a lease? You know, our small business owner, they're ready to leave their, their home office. You yes. know, they're ready to grow. They can't, you know, do any more. It's time to, you know, have the whole look. Right, and come move out of the laundry room. Exactly. <laughs> put exactly. In the office, yes. All right. So we're ready to make that move. What are some things that we need to know going into an office? Say if we just need office space versus retail space. Get a realtor. 
That's okay. first and foremost. The easiest thing for me to tell you is to get a realtor. But I'll address your question from another point of view. There's this document called a lease, and it's anywhere from 30 to 40 pages long. And you've got to live with this thing for the, the two, three, five years that you signed this piece of paper for. So when you get a, get a realtor to help you, but understand what you're getting into. So we'll use your office space example first. When you go in there, your bills will be paid. Uh, the water is already on. Okay. The electricity is already running. But you need to be aware of how the building functions. Did the elevator stop a lot? You know, mm. do, do we have issues with air conditioning? And I know people who left buildings across the street from buildings I used to manage to come into my building because we had working air conditioning. So you need to find wow. out what that, you know, what life and work is like in the building you think you want to go into. So I always send my people out with homework. Go talk to the neighbors. Go okay. talk to the people who would okay. be the folks you're going to be looking at every single day. Find out what this building is like. So those are some of the things that they can do before they get in there. So not just location or, ooh, I loved uh, I loved the way the building looked or they had a beautiful atrium or, uh, <laughs> no. you know, just all those things. Those things really don't matter. What really matters is getting in there and finding out if you can function or if you're going to have to take the stairs every day, get in a workout. Yes. And let me okay. tell you what beauty does to you without naming any particular part of town. I really did want to name it. But without naming any particular part of town, there are some buildings that are absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. But they're very difficult to figure out which one of seven look-alike buildings is the one you're supposed to be in. You've got the garage that's halfway across town. You've got mm -hmm. to take that hot elevator to get down to the lobby or to cross this giant atrium thing to get on another elevator mm -hmm. to go up 10 floors to cross over yet again to get to the, you know, to the 60th floor. It's absolutely unreal some of the things you have to do to get into these buildings. So beauty is not the key sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's simplicity. And if you have a client base, for example, yes. senior citizens, they're not going to want to do all that to get into your office. Um, if you have patients that are not just geriatric but uh, pregnant, they don't want right. to do all that to get to your office. So you got to consider your client, not just yourself. Now, you tell a story, because I've sat in on some of your classes, you tell a story about a gynecologist, OBGYN, yes. who has a patient who is in a building with a non consistent non-working elevator. Can you tell, tell yes. that story? Yes. Well, when I first got uh, custody of the building, so to speak, as the property manager, one of the first things we knew, we knew was that the elevators just went down constantly but there were old elevators a lot of these buildings in houston were built in the 80s mm. and some of the equipment is still 80s equipment bottom line is this this elevator goes down i've already called someone to come out and fix the thing but in the interim this woman who's eight months pregnant insists on making her appointment to the doctor she uh, didn't want to reschedule and she didn't want to wait for the repair to happen so she climbs all four flights, or I should say four stories worth of steps. That's wow. a lot of steps. I wouldn't climb four flights, and I'm not pregnant. So. <laughs> but right. she climbs, and then she immediately passes out in the doc's office. The doc calls me up screaming. As her property manager, she's upset with me, and I'm like, well, one, forgive me, but I didn't tell the lady to climb any steps. You know, right. that was an independent decision mm -hmm, yes. that she made. But likewise, you know, this doctor had been in this building for years and continued to See. renew her lease, knowing that these elevators... Or in this condition. And it, it begs yeah. the question, should you have stayed? Exactly. And even from a marketing standpoint, from my standpoint, you mm -hmm. always think about the target audience, mm -hmm. the people who are going to come to visit you in your office. And so that needs to even play a part. That's yes. a part of branding as well. <laughs> 
all that to... all that plays a, a part in picking this location where you're going to have your clients. Mm -hmm. Are they going to have to pass uh, cigarette smoke? You know, I know they have different um, um, laws County now. Can still smoke though. See, mm -hmm. so all all of that really matters. Yes, so if you're picking your all, one, please get a realtor, <laughs> and then two, definitely make sure that the building you you're going to get an office building in, uh, an office in fits your brand, and you th you're thinking about your end user, your target your audience. Client. And even your employee. I True. worked for a, a company that made me do the garage, cross the atrium, hit the second set of elevator kind of thing. And I, I had to calculate an extra 15 minutes just to get to work on time. So consider that. It was it, it drove us all insane. We actually convinced the boss to get out of that building and wow. find us another place to go because we all couldn't stand it. Wow. Beautiful office, pain in the behind. So ease of access is uh -huh. a huge thing. It, it really is. It's a huge thing. And so it's something to keep in mind. Now, okay, you said that once we do the office, an office lease, what, what can we expect to see in a lease? What, in, what's in a lease for an office space versus retail? What are some of the things you said that electricity is already on, water is on? Those housekeeping is is also added when you're when you're in an office building. Housekeeping is your responsibility in retail. Um, the utilities you do pay a share of the utility bill for water and for electricity in an office okay. building, but you don't necessarily get your independent bill from the city of Houston water or from Reliant or whomever you're using. So all that's kind of rolled in in an office okay. building, so it's a little easier. Okay. Um, Trash dumpsters are already part of the equation. They're provided on property. When you're in a retail setting, it's kind of like your house. You're kind of on your own. To mm. replace air conditioning, that's something the tenant most of the times has to do. The electricity bill is your bill. Water bill is your bill. Uh, the dumpster behind your suite is your bill. So it is wow. drastically different. And then repairs in an office building are usually taken care of a lot of times by the landlord because he wants to maintain a certain right. look and consistency in the building. In a retail setting, that space is yours to maintain. So it's extremely different to be in an office building versus a retail setting. But you still want to have hire a realtor. Yes. To even in a, in an office setting because sometimes you have to build out. Let's say if you're not in some office office settings, it's just the one room. We were talking; it's the corridor. <laughs> your starter. Yes, your starter. You yeah. know, they're just rooms. But let's say you you're going to be bringing in staff, and you can't have just like six people in this one office room, and you have to have more space. Exactly. And so, talk about um, build outs. How do, how is that handled? Is that something that's in the lease? Um, it has to be written in. Do you have to use their contractors? How does all of that work? That really varies from landlord to landlord. Okay. But I'll tell you where a realtor comes in, even in an office space. To pay those bills, your share of all the utilities and the mm -hmm. housekeeping and the trash pickup and the landscaping, you still need someone there to help you negotiate your share. You can mm. be paying a bill every year that escalates beyond what you ever thought you could manage financially. Wow. A realtor may help you put a cap on that, a, literally a cap on how, many, how much in expenses that you're going to be paying. A realtor can help you do that. Um, you know, you also have a realtor help you negotiate things like exclusivity. So no one else in the ah. building is doing what you're doing. Okay. Or a use clause that says, even though I'm only doing this as a service today, a certain type of dentistry, for example, mm -hmm. maybe three years from now, I want to expand my dentistry business. So I want to put these things in the use clause so that I can expand my business. So you're still going to need a realtor there to help you with that. And then you need a realtor to help keep things out of your lease. I just found out about a friend mm -hmm. of a friend who signed a lease 
and agreed to something called percentage rent. I don't know why he signed up for that, and he didn't realize what it was until it was time for the additional rent to be paid. Wow. I said, why would he have agreed to that? He said he didn't realize it was in there. And how long is his lease? Five years. So he stuck paying extra wow. money on top of base rent for five years. And once you sign the lease, there is no renegotiating a signed lease. It's tough. Really? It's tough. Unless you're one of those tenants, like a large-scale, large, big-box tenant like a Kroger or somebody. Okay. You're going to have a tough time renegotiating the lease. If the landlord really values you, has a good relationship with mm -hmm. you, you've been there for years, maybe. But if you're the new kid in the spot wow. and you signed a lease that somehow you don't like now, chances are it's going to be hard to get out. So what? you don't have any options at the... At that point, is 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 that correct? Pay the lease as you signed it. That's the tough wow. part. I have to do that a lot in my business. I have to I have to tell adult people who come back to my office, at least when I was a property manager, mm -hmm. and even now for my consultation services, you signed this thing. Did you not read it? And all I always hear sentences that start off, "But we thought." Yeah. Well, yeah. I thought, and uh, yeah. my next question is, "But did you read?" Yeah. And as difficult as it sounds, these leases are not difficult to read. What we're talking about right now is in the first three to four pages of the lease. It could be 40 pages long, but what you really need, the meat and potatoes right there in the front, pretty plain English. Did you read it? So percentage lease was not buried deep in page 38. It's probably that would on page two. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you do, you do have to read it. And if you don't want to read it, again... Hire a realtor <laughs> to take a look at that for you. Yes, and one that specializes in commercial because our business is very different from residential. Okay, yeah. so that's the office side. So certificate of occupancy is already taken care of? No, it is not. You it is not? You still have to get one. It, it's not like the apartment that you mentioned. Right. It's not like let's move in, let's go. You still need permission from whatever jurisdiction is over this building, City mm -hmm. of Houston, Harris County. You still need something that says you have permission to occupy the space. Office, retail, warehouse, industrial, you name it, you still have to have permission to occupy it. Now, there are some people who don't get one and still take wow. possession. Now, is that... Is it the property managers? Who's res I mean, no, it's yeah. the business owners. Okay. The business owner needs permission to occupy that space. Property managers get certain certificates from these jurisdictions mm -hmm. to have elevators operating, mm -hmm. to have the building even open in the first place to lease out space. We get our certificates. Okay. We have our inspections, et cetera, that we have to make sure that we are um, abiding by. But right. when you get into this little space, you know, this, this right. office, in an office building, you still have to go in and apply to have this space and use it the way you want to use it. Because you could be in an office building. And you could be opening up one of those cafes downstairs. That has nothing to do with office-y stuff. You have a restaurant, so now you have a whole different set of rules to follow right. to keep everyone in an office building safe. So how much, it, I, I, I'm assuming that it's going to vary from city to city mm -hmm. and county to county, but what's the price range? Or what, what are we kind of looking at? I begin to tell you. Really? I really can't tell you because certificates of occupancy, sometimes if, let's just say you, Lisa, um, have your marketing business in an office, and the next person who comes in right after you, who's using an office you just left, mm -hmm. happens to also just want to open a, market, open a marketing firm, mm -hmm. so doesn't want to change anything in the space. It can go one of two ways. 
if you had a certificate of occupancy to mm -hmm. be the marketing stylist in that space okay. and another marketer comes in behind you, great. It's literally just a name change. Okay. But what if you didn't? And what if you were one of those people who flew under the radar and another marketing person came in behind you, applied for a certificate? The city finds out there never was one before them. There's an inspection process that has to happen. Oh, wow. Exactly. Then they have to see if the space is up to code because Lord knows how long it's been since no one's been in there to see it. It changes everything. So I can't even begin to tell you how much things cost. So, mm -hmm. and this is in an office. We're not talking we retail talk yet. Retail. Yeah. We haven't even started the discussion on retail. We're yeah. talking just an office. Just an office space. So you have to have a certificate of occupancy and it is not the responsibility of the property manager, the lovely people who are showing you, yes, you can have this and showing you where the bathrooms are. It is not on them. No, because they don't occupy it. The business does. The, 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 he who occupies needs to get their certificates. <laughs> it's just that simple. And, and technically, technically, you're supposed to have your certificate of occupancy before you occupy. Yeah, something like that. Okay, so I, okay. Yes, so before you open for business, occupy the space and start either providing a service or selling some goods. Okay. You need to have that certificate. Like you've seen in restaurants all over town, right. on the wall, you have that certificate that right. says, we have the right to be here and to do what we said we're doing. Okay. And it's just the office building. We haven't even hit retail. <laughs> yes. So across uh, across the board, if you're going to do office warehouse, if you're going to do um, an office building, if you're going to do retail, you have to have the first thing, first things first, is a certificate of occupancy. Yes. You have to have permission to be there. And th it, this costs money. And I don't think that sometimes small business owners understand, mm -hmm. you know, that there are additional expenses. And it's like all these certificates that you have to get. Yes. And it, especially if you're going into retail and we'll start talking about retail yeah. signage and all yes. this other lovely things. So explain the process then. You, you've hit on it a little bit. Retail space okay. is like owning a house, but I don't own the house and anything I do to it, I don't get to keep. Nope. <laughs> Unless you have your realtor who sets up your lease to help you with these specific things. No, you really don't get to walk away with what you did to the space. Let's give it a visual so people can okay. understand. It's kind of like you'll see a big box tenant like a Randall's grocery store mm -hmm. or a Kroger and HEB. And then you'll see lots of smaller, the Payless shoe source, the smoothie shop. You'll see right. you know, just different little shops that kind of shoot off the sides mm -hmm. of the big box tenant. That's what we call retail. And in those spaces, um, when you have a space, one, you get your certificate of occupancy to be mm -hmm. here. But understand this. When the air conditioner breaks that sits on top of that space that only services mm -hmm. your suite, unlike an office building, everybody is cooled by the one right. system. But in your retail space, when that thing breaks, unless it's in your lease that the landlord will somehow take responsibility for it or fix it, that is your air conditioning or heating system to fix if the thing has a nuclear meltdown in one of these hot Houston summers and decides it's not going to work anymore. It could happen. And it happens all the time. Yes, it does. It is also yours to replace completely. And the heartbreaker is when your lease is up, you are not allowed to take it with you. Like a house, it's a fixture. It's affixed to the building, so you don't have the right to remove it. Okay. Kind of like a garage door opener. It is affixed, you know, right. you cannot take it. So... That's those are some of the things that you need a realtor to help you negotiate, because what and I've seen it happen. Lisa, it's a horrible thing. It'll be a year from the expiration of the lease, and then the air conditioning system goes out. 
The tenant's trying to figure out, do I break a lease a year early and ruin mm. my, my, my company's credit? Mm-hmm. Or do I pay $5,000 for this new unit right. that I have to leave behind? You don't want to be that person. So It sounds like then if you are a small business and you are retail, you really need to have the resources, financial resources yes. just in place because... That building is yours. That space is yours. And everything that could go wrong is then on you to either yeah. repair or replace. It's kind of like a condo. Yes. Okay. You know, the, the the air conditioning and heating, some of the plumbing, it's all you to take care of. Housekeeping. There's no housekeeper that comes in there and keeps that thing right. clean. That's right. you. Window cleaning, front and, and, and the inside right. and out. You know, that's another service you have to pay for. A dumpster behind right. your location that is yours to pay for. Landlords don't provide dumpsters necessarily for tenants at uh, retail locations, especially if it's food-related. That's mm. you. Um, some of us do. I, I did for my tenants, but a lot of places don't necessarily offer dumpsters for all retail tenants. Sometimes you have to get your own. So that's an extra expense. Yes. And so you really, you again, you have to know all of this going in. You're going to yes. need somebody to walk you through this process. Mm-hmm. Now, what are some things in the lease on, a, on the retail side that we really need to look out for? You know, some of the things where the landlords will get you because you don't know. So what are just, you know, just a few points. What, what should we look for just right off the bat? Look for your triple net expenses. Now, this is going to be really difficult to explain, so I'm going to keep this as easy as possible. Okay. The triple net expenses are the expenses that a tenant reimburses a landlord. And these are those expenses a landlord accrued because he had a landscaper and a security guard and, you know, and he had a day porter on the property. These Mm -hmm. are those, the roof needed to be repaired. These are those things that the landlord takes care of that the tenants don't. But in the end, the tenants pay. Wow. That's it. That's the bond. That's what triple okay. net stands for. And you'll see it expressed as three capital letter N's on uh, on paper. N, okay. And, and triple net. And so when when those bills come in, unless you somehow put a cap on that or control that or even ask for an explanation of where did this number come from, you might be surprised at what you could be paying for. Some landlords mm. inadvertently, some on purpose, will include air conditioning repair. But if you think about it, why would all tenants take a share of air conditioning repair if every tenant is responsible for their own unit? Some people glaze over that and they don't pay attention to it. I've had landlords I've worked for accidentally leave that number in the really? reimbursement calculation and I have to remind them, hey, we have to take air conditioning out. That is a, you, you did a favor to a tenant, but you can't bill that back to everybody, so we have to remove it. So you have to be cautious. You have to know to look for the triple net numbers and ask okay. for, you know, where do they come from? Um, then you also have to find out, can you put caps on things? Mm-hmm. If you can, get a warranty put in the lease for air conditioning yes. and for plumbing. Because the truth is, when you get a building, kind of like an apartment, you have no idea right. if it was abused or taken care of before you got in there. So those are some of the things that you can look for in the lease. So... I heard you mention a warranty, so you can ask for one. Doesn't mean you'll get one. If it's in the lease, yes. Well, okay, asking for one and getting one depends on what you're offering. If you're going to sign a lease for five years instead of two or three, you might get that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it depends on length. 
it, are landlords more, then more willing to play ball then if you sign a longer lease? Is Absolutely. It, okay. If you're starting with a five-year lease, you're looking better to a landlord. Okay. Having to find a new tenant every two to three years is no fun. Okay. They'd rather you be there for a while. And if you're qualified, you have great great credit, you have a good rental history, they want you there, and they don't want to have to worry about replacing you later. Okay. Now, you mentioned um, exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Now, you can do that on the office where you can do that on the office side yes. in an office building. Yes. And so you should definitely ask for it. Yes. <laughs> on yes. the retail side. Did the whisper pick up? <laughs> yes, you should. Well, here's the here's here's the catch on retail. If you're a clothing store, for example, don't ask for exclusivity unless what you're selling is so specific that your business would shut down with competition next door. Okay. A wedding dress store, for example. Two of those do not need to be in the same retail center. No. However, you'll see a Dots and um, what is the other, um, the Old Navy, and you'll see TJ Maxx and Marshalls, and right. you'll see them all in the same center. They feed each other traffic, and that's fine. But if you've got a smoothie shop, another smoothie shop three, three doors down is not going to help you. So some right. businesses need the exclusivity, and you should ask for it. And that is your right as a small business owner is to ask for it. And Absolutely. if that landlord's not willing to do it, then you go look elsewhere. You better believe that once, it always happens, Lisa. I don't know why, but once one business goes in, someone else with the same business model says, oh, that's a good place to be. Business is booming. I want to be over there. I don't know why people sometimes, it, it, it doesn't mm. cross their minds, don't compete because it'll murder your business. Right. I've seen um, landlords allow two daycare centers to be in the same strip. Yeah. One suffered when the new one came in because all she did, unfortunately, was lower her prices compared to the one that had been there all that time. There was a war of the daycares. Wow. The original tenant is the one that eventually stayed and the new one is the one that left. But it really just, both women suffered for that. So you have to know, will your business survive competition or will your business be aided by it? So you have to, you really have to do your homework then mm-hmm. and know what to ask for in your lease. Absolutely. With the assistance of a realtor. Of course, with the assistance <laughs> of a realtor yes. that can help guide you through this. Now, there are, is there a way to, uh, uh, I guess I say abuse a retail spot? I mean, in the sense of not burning down a wall, <laughs> you're not fit for retail. Let's say you have, um, if you want to, if you have an office, but you want to be in a retail spot, are the, is, is that allowable? Ask me that a different way. I don't. Okay. I'm a marketer. Yes. I, I have a marketing company and mm-hmm. people that work for me and I want to rent retail space. I want to put my office in retail space. Right. Can I do that? You can. Um, but how, how valuable is walk-up traffic to you? Now, and this, does it happen? It's based on location. It, there's this, I'm eyeing a spot, mm-hmm. and it's a very nice spot, but all they ha- they don't have office space. They only have retail. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. They only have retail. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Not for your company. Not really. Well, okay. it's because you're not going to be, how do I describe this? What you do for a living doesn't require a lot of foot traffic. No. It doesn't require a lot of walk-up. Right. You don't need goo gobs of parking, and these are things that you True. get when you're in a retail setting. Okay. Lots of parking, lots of walk-up right. traffic. You don't need that. When you're, you're The kind of business you have, 
you have appointments, you have clients that come specifically mm-hmm. to see you. Mm-hmm. It may be one client a day who comes to see you. Okay. And the rest of the day, you and your staff are in your offices delivering the product, okay. planning these markets. So you don't okay. necessarily need retail. Okay. And with retail, you're going to be paying for a lot of stuff. Just Good to point. Sit in, to sit in your square, to sit in your, your, your box. Even though it's a very nice you box know, and a very nice, nice it's box, very lovely. Yeah. Okay. So it's, but you're going to pay more. And, and, and again, more is kind of relative to how much space it is. Right. Is it a class A, B, or C property? No, explain that. Well, a lot of that uh, depends on the demographics of the neighborhood. Okay. And the income of the neighborhood, aging condition of the building. Okay. A-class properties um, don't necessarily have to be in the Galleria. They can be in certain other parts of right. town. But A-class property tends to be in the Galleria area, just okay. as an example. Um, older, more dilapidated buildings, mm-hmm. things that have uh, got... What's the word? There's uh, the elevators and, and escalators are kind of old and okay. you know they don't even make parts for them anymore. You oh have dear! A building that's just yeah. Well, and I, I've got one in mind, but we'll leave its name out. So <laughs> I know those, what you're thinking yeah, about. <laughs> those, those obsolete type of buildings. Yes. Those, some of your class C buildings. Okay. But uh, it really goes by demographics and finances in the neighborhood. Got it. Mm-hmm. So class A, B, and C buildings. Okay. But okay. Yeah. But no, you wouldn't need to do that. I will put you in an office. Put me in. A, okay. Get you in an office where your services um, services taking care of water lights okay. you just get the one bill you know what you're getting got it yeah now talk about um another expense on the commercial uh commercial side retail side signage oh yes N- signage you sh- it, it signs are not inexpensive though that's going to be a major investment you they know are. to pay for and i know in, in your class you were talking about one landlord who said that all signs had to be lit you know, they had to be, you couldn't just have a sign. And so those are extra expenses. And they, again, that's in yes. the lease. It's in the lease. There there are de- definite pages that address signage only. Wow. They tell you how big the, the letters, and we call them channel letters. Okay. Because they the letters sit literally on a channel where the power runs, runs okay. through that channel and the letters sit on top of it. But the letters have to be a certain size, a certain color. Um, they cannot be box signs where you just have one big square. Right. And, and, and the whole one square is illuminated. You need individual letters. And I'm sure people now are going to go driving past buildings going, is it a box or is it individual <laughs> letters? But they want the channel letter signs. One, they're not, they're not cheap. Two, they, they have to meet certain requirements through the city. Right. Yeah. And, and then you have to pay to keep that thing illuminated all, all the time. No. I know he, in the city of Houston, mm-hmm. you have to get a sign permit. Mm-hmm. And I think even Harris County, I mean, probably all the counties you do have to. So, again, that's... Extra expense. Exa- exactly. So, again, we're, it's, this is so far beyond just, like, renting an apartment and yes. moving in. Absolutely. There are some very real... And you don't do that in, in a in a retail, I mean, excuse me, in an office setting. Right. You know, some some of these office buildings have these nice, you know, uh, television monitor looking things. Mm-hmm. You, you press a button, you see what floor they're on, and mm-hmm. then they have a nice sign on the door. Right. That's as deep as it gets. Those are easier to be in than in a retail setting. They are, it, it, retail is extremely expensive. I mean, this is why you will see people moving in and moving out. Right. Excuse me, moving in and out and not realizing all the expense that came with it. And they haven't built out a thing yet. We haven't even built the thing to look like they want it to look. This is just moving in as is. You have your certificate of occupancy. You have mm-hmm. your sign permits. You have to pay for your sign. Mm-hmm. And because the lease says, landlords, that you've got to have a sign. It's got to be lit. You know, channel and you sign. haven't put one on the marquee yet. 
Oh, the tall, dear. giant, we call them pylon signs, but yes. the big marquee sign, the one that you're looking at as you drive down the street to see if the store you're looking for is in that strip Right. Side, that big thing. You also have to put panels on both sides of that thing. Right. So, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that happens, and you haven't even moved in. And if you're not aware, if you don't know what's in the lease, it can really come back to bite you. It you've will. got to you've got to know. You've got to so you can you definitely there's room for negotiation. You can put caps if I'm hearing you correctly. Yes. Put caps on things. Um, um, negotiate repair. if you have a you can negotiate repairs. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, you can. Oh. My for me when I was managing property, I I understood that when my tenants moved in, they don't know what the person before them did to the suite right. for the first two months even without asking me if something went wrong with the suite i'd take care of it i'll go ahead and fix the okay. toilet traditionally that is not something a landlord does in retail um, i would also take care of air conditioning because if i said it was working when you moved in and somehow it you know blew up okay i'll go ahead and take care of it now after a certain point all hands are off the wheel you're on your own unless you build something in the lease that says mr landlord you're going to continue to help me with these things and it's all negotiable. So everything is negotiable. Put it in writing. Mm -hmm. Get it in writing. Please don't walk away from the table with a handshake and a smile. I know this is Texas, wow. but you need it in writing. So the worst thing you can do as a small business owner, if you are seeking out retail space, is to sign a lease as is. Absolutely. Absolutely. People do in retail and even in office buildings the same thing they do when they move into houses. They get in mm -hmm. and they begin to visualize, oh, the checkout counter can be over here. Mm -hmm. The dressing room's over there. We can mix the smoothies in this corner. Oh, this will be the mm -hmm. office in the back where we manage the books. And they just, you know, oh, the counter's here and the sofa there. And they get to dreaming yes. and imagining. And they forget all about the numbers, the business, and the obligations that are in this 40-page living document. Mm -hmm. It gets tough. I even had a guy move in, and he did this very thing. He was so happy about the space and how we're going to set it up and what we're going to do and our people will flow. And he even <laughs> thought he was conducting an orchestra the way his hands are moving as mm -hmm. he dreamed. And then he gets in there, and he starts to put things on shelves. And every time he put something on a shelf, the shelf would disintegrate and fall down. And he called me up. He said, hey, these shelves are sawdust. I can't put anything on them. What are you going to do? I said, hold on for a second. I go grab his lease from the file, flip to the appropriate page, and I said, unfortunately, I can't do anything for you. He said, why not? I said, you signed the lease as is, which means you took the space as it was. This repair is going to be yours. He was unglued. He was nice, but he was unglued. He said, I can't believe that. And he says, you know, the lights weren't even on when we looked at the space. Wow. This is years ago. And I said, you know, sir, you should have had your you know, realtor with you uh, insist that the lights get turned on. He said, I didn't have a realtor with me. So mm. um, those of us who are in the real estate community are probably reading between the lines already. There's some lines to be read through from here. <laughs> but the bottom line is insist that lights are on, that power, yes. is, power is on. Don't, don't look at a retail space or an office space without some kind of power or the ability to backtrack and make sure that things are working. How do you know an air conditioning is working? An air conditioner is working if you don't have power. Right. How do you inspect it if you don't have any? You've got to make sure that those things are running. Now, okay, in an office space, if there's a receptacle that's not working, that's going to be on the... The landlord most times likes to take care of electrical in okay. an office building. Okay. But if a receptacle was working and suddenly it's not, maybe because the tenant may have plugged too many things in that receptacle, uh -huh. it may 
still come back to the to the tenant really? in a separate bill later. Mm-hmm. Okay. It may now if it is a full floor tenant and the landlord values that tenant. Okay. He may take care of it for them, and we okay. did that sometimes for some okay. of our huge full floor tenants. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so there are some advantages to being big and signing. Yes. Very lengthy leases and taking up entire floors. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got it. <laughs> we love them. We were nice to them. But I'm no, sure. the smaller mom and pop, you got to know what you're doing on the way in the door. You better find somebody really good to represent you. Absolutely. And that's what we do. That's what we teach people all day long is how to, how to read, the, how to live with these documents. What did you sign? Even if you have a realtor who was with you, what we teach is is how to also look. You, we mm-hmm. want you to be able to scrutinize this thing as much as your realtor does. Because, again, once this transaction's over, right. commissions have been paid, realtor is gone, it's like, here's your baby. Welcome. Yeah. And just like parents don't get an instruction manual on what, how to raise kids, right. there's no instruction manual, except you do have this lease. And it does tell you what you can and can't do, so at least it guides you through your process. Now, it happens on occasion. A company gets in and the business gets in and it's way more. They didn't they didn't hire a realtor mm-hmm. and now, you know, all the triple net and all this wonderful it's just, <laughs> you know, getting bills and it's like I didn't know uh-huh. and I can't stay here. Mm-hmm. That's not a good time. Some landlords report to the credit agencies. Mm. Period. It shows up. Some landlords don't because it's a hot property. They can get someone else in. Right. They move on. They roll with the punches. It's no big deal. But some of them um, are absolutely going to come after you with um, collections agencies, and then they're going to actually send you to um, or report you to the credit right. bureaus. Now, is that is that both office and retail space, or does one happen more than the other? No, all of them. Wow. They will. And I've okay. had to do it. I've had to send mm. uh, collections companies after some of my prior, you know, my, my past tenants. Mm-hmm. It's some of them we have to report to the credit bureaus. And you'd better be cautious that it's reported properly because it may be reported as an eviction. Wow. You know, um, it, it's, I've seen, I've even seen, and don't ask me how it happens because I've never done it. I saw one show up as a foreclosure. That does not help a person's credit. Really? Out. Yes, ma'am. It was reported as a foreclosure. I don't get that. So all the more reason to really, you have to go in with your eyes wide open on Absolutely. this if you're definitely looking at leasing space that's for churches that's for small businesses that's for if you've got to sign a commercial yes. lease you have to walk in there yes. knowing for you do you have see the vision later you know we'll put the desk here and this here don't care about curtains put and blinds and paint <laughs> Don't care about flooring at this point. Does the toilet flush? How old are the pipes? Yes. That's the kind of mindset you really have to go in if you're looking on a retail spot or even for a church, you know, that's renting space, commercial Mm -hmm. leasing. Forget the aesthetics. What's in the document? What's in the document? And again, like you were just saying, are pipes leaking? Yes. And I'll tell you now, for my clients, when I represent them, they think I'm crazy because in a suit and heels and jewelry and full makeup... I will, you know, <laughs> climb a ladder, take a stick with me, and prop up a ceiling tile to take a look at the pipe that's running overhead in a retail space. Yes. I just want to know, is the pipe um, galvanized steel, which is really prone to leak if it's old, and or is, is it PVC pipe? Is it something that's going to last? It's durable. Was this replaced recently? If it is galvanized steel, which is not a problem, but it's kind of the, the kind of thing that I can look at and see a leak about yes. to happen. 
you can also warn your client, don't put any of your electronics under this line. This is where your, your water pipe is because if this thing blows, everything under it gets wet. Um, but we can also address certain repairs. Uh, Mr. Landlord, I'm looking at this pipe. I've seen, I see clamps on this pipe, which means you've yes. had problems before. What, how are you going to address these issues if this happens to my client? All kinds of stuff. And all of that is negotiable, but you have Absolutely. to be, you have to go in forgetting about where you're going to put curtains and let's just and really paint and, yes, exactly absolutely oh i've got a little sidebar though i've got to remind people who want to get into office buildings who want the corner space on the top floor yes keep in mind it's the hot box ah so if you're going in an office building and you want to be on that top floor be advised that's the warmest floor in the building and the corner space is the worst because of all the window mm. exposure. And I've got people calling me now who need help because the landlord isn't running enough air conditioning for them. While the people on the first floor are freezing. <laughs> exactly. Got it. They're freezing down on the first and second and third floors, but the people on the sixth floor are burning up. It's a black top roof. You're on the corner. There's plenty of windows for days. And they didn't think about that before they moved in and I've got a, a good friend who is dealing with a landlord who does not want to change the thermostat settings well it's it's on 72 it may be wow. on 72 and an average may be you know but where is the thermostat located because it couldn't be in this 80 degree no. office you see wow and in, 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 in an office building you don't largely control your air so you have to make sure there's enough you have to make sure that if you're on that corner spot on the top floor, that it is sufficient air. Because if there are 10 bodies in a room meant for exactly. just five, you know, and then exactly. you've got computers and it, it, come on, it gets to be pretty bad. And it's a common issue that I've had to deal with as a property manager for years. So that's just good advice then for small businesses. If you're looking, you don't want, you don't want... <laughs> The corner office on the top floor. Not unless you're a warm-spirited person. You just like that warm, warm atmosphere. Now, there are things we can do. We can <laughs> actually add supplemental air to an office. Not okay. that big a deal. Okay. Um, some of the newer buildings are built with better um, better radiant barriers okay. for, for radiant okay. heat that comes in. Some of the buildings now have the white cool roofs on top. Okay. You have to know what you're getting into. But if you don't, you need to ask. Or at least get yourself someone who does know to ask those questions. So there is, there really is so much more. There's so much more mm -hmm. to leasing commercially than just renting an apartment or something. There's so much no. to know. No, leave, leave all the dreaming for the apartment. Leave the, leave the, oh, the chair will go here. And yes. The curtain's there and the, leave that for the apartment. So you really have to go in very um, focused and realizing this is going to cost me. And the question is, how much is it going to cost me? Absolutely. Absolutely. And because we go in, because we go in, oh, the rent is only. I've heard that. Uh. Oh, the rent is only so much a month. And that's where a lot of small businesses can get in trouble because the rent was only. Yes. You sat in my yes. class one time too many. Yes. <laughs> if you called me at the time I was managing an office building and said, how much is right. the rent? I would have quoted the rental rate for you. Um, if you're not interested in triple net rates, I'm not going to throw them out there. Mm -hmm. I'm probably in the middle of some disaster or something. I'm not thinking about it. Um, if you wanted to know, has there, has there been a capital improvement right. on this property lately? Has that been also added into the cost? And all kinds of things that come up. You know, just 
If you don't think to ask it, sometimes a property manager might not think to tell it to you. And there are a lot of things that get passed on, mm -hmm. too, because you just mentioned capital improvements. Mm -hmm. And I, I've sat in your class, and that's something that you can negotiate because those things are spread out over years, and depending on where you come in, it's like, well, do I really have to pay? So you small business owners, you really <laughs> need to hire a realtor, preferably Michigan if you're in Texas. You really need to hire a realtor to walk you through the process yeah. so that you don't get taken advantage of. And that's the nice way I'm going to put that. Thank you. Thank yes, you. you really need to hire somebody to who knows all the ins and outs because as a small business owner, I know my business. Right. I don't know that the landlord is trying to get over on me and having me sign a percentage lease. Yeah, if you don't know what it is and it's in there. Now, I've had landlords who've been pretty awesome too. Okay. There have been some percentage clauses left in a lease and they didn't realize it did not get, you know, stricken from the lease. Okay. And everybody agreed, even after the fact, let's okay. go back and retroactively strike this out. You've got some really great landlords out okay. there. But, and, and I always tell people, even in my class, you know, a lot of times it's not landlords trying to get over on people. It's a 40-page document. We're juggling 30 of you. If you don't have someone checking it out, we might not. Uh, we may not read your lease with a fine-tooth mm -hmm. comb. If you sign that thing and agree to the terms that are in it, Okay, fine. We're signing it too. Let's move on. After all, it's our document. Right. If you don't like what's in it, it really is the onus is on the owner to say, I don't like that. Let's change that. I want to negotiate this. I want to do something different. Only maybe once or twice in my entire career as a property manager have I sat down with a client who did not understand the lease. Took us two hours. We went clause by clause. Wow. The man and his family were so thankful. It was a slow day. I had some time. Okay. <laughs> I had some time. Okay. But no one does that. Property managers are not going to go through every yes. single clause, 30, 40 page leases to explain what this is. Like I said, I've only done it once, maybe twice in my entire career because I have the time. Okay. One last question and then before before we close. In your lease, if you want to build out, make changes, mm -hmm. is that in your lease or can you just go and start making changes to the inside? You want to put a wall here. You want to take a wall down. Um, uh, I don't know. You want to, uh, you even signages on the windows, you know, some of those, you can have these very nice vinyl signs that you can cover your windows with. I think you even need sign permits for those. Some of the stuff you need permits for, not for that though. Um, there's a big old, no, you cannot just do what you want. No, 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 no. You know, technically this building belongs to somebody. Right. And anytime you want to change it or do something to it, you need two sets of permission. You need permission from the man who owns or the woman right. who owns the building. May I change this space? I want to put a wall here. I want to do this. I want to do that. The landlord says, fine, I agree to this. The second set of permission you need to get is from city of Houston, Harris County, or whatever jurisdiction you're in. Because when inspectors go through to look at the work your contractors have done, did they do it properly? So even before that construction starts, those plans need to have been taken to whatever oh. jurisdiction you're in for them to look at the plans. So we have to take plans. How about we start with the plans? And you plans. <laughs> people don't even have plans. They just think they can call their buddy up and get you know, a wall slapped up. Oh, no. okay. You have to have plans okay. drawn up, taken down to oh. uh, whatever jurisdiction that you're right. in to have the plans approved. Once they're approved, 
once you, they're approved, once they're approved, okay, uh, then you can. And, and let me just back up. You, we've got daycares. Daycares, right? Very serious business. You cannot just have a room where the babies are going to be, you know, housed as opposed to the two to three year olds, as opposed to the six year olds. Right. And there's no back door to the room where the infants are. I even had the daycare that did mm. not have a back door. So the inspector says, you all can operate this business once you create a back door to this room because it needed another point of egress and ingress, literally an escape point if something happened. So you need those plans to be approved. And once they're approved, your general contractors, your plumbers, your electricians, the people who are going to be building this thing for you will go pull the permits to do the work. When the work, I hear done. dollar signs right hey, there. You, I you, heard ching. I'm calculating. Yes. Let's do a Madeira on a calculator. Because yes. So permits and permits are not free. Those those are not free. That's a few hundred bucks a permit sometimes. Okay. Yes. And the work has to be done according to the approved plans. And just to make sure it was, once your contractors, your electricians, your plumbers finish that work, they will call for the inspection inspection team to come inspect the work. If the work was done properly then you will get your certificate of occupancy to open up. If the work was not done properly, they'll tell you, hey, you need to fix this, fix that, fix this. We'll come back and reinspect, go through that little process again, and once you've gotten it right, we'll let you open the doors. Now, what if you get your certificate of occupancy, you're already in, and then these are changes you need to make later on, you know, for whatever reason there's growth and you need to add an office or things like that. You'll start that process just like you would if it was the first day. Okay. These are the plans, Mr. Landlord, may I do this? Okay. Sure, fine, whatever, go, you know, go get your permits and whatnot. Take that same set of plans over to the city, over to the county, have them review if the plans are approved. Okay. So same process. Same process. And it can happen at any stage in your uh, tenancy. So what's the, um, consequence or um, what happens if you don't follow that process let's say you're gonna you you just didn't honestly you just really didn't know and so you get in you don't have a certificate of occupancy you don't ask the landlord if you can start putting up walls or tearing down walls and you haven't pulled a permit and you know you have made it it is just very lovely Mm -hmm. and it is you know the vision you saw it's all laid out it's beautiful decorated what are the what are the consequences, you know, for doing that? It and can go so bad. Re- I... It can go so bad in so many different ways. You, wow! You, as you spoke, there are about six different scenarios that flash before my eyes. You know, there you you run the risk of being seen in the middle of this construction by inspectors who you know just drive up and down the streets of their area. Okay. And who may say, wait a minute, did y'all get a permit for the work at this space over here? And, and the inspector may walk right on site and say, where are your permits? Because they should be in the windows. Oh. And shut you down right there. Oh. Shut you down right there in the middle of your work. You've got contractors who want to get paid. You've got work that needs to get done. You have a lease that says you'll be open by a certain date. All of a sudden, this thing is snowballing. Um, or you could have successfully gotten the work done under the radar, opened up, but that same inspector says, wait a minute, when did that new restaurant get over there? I didn't inspect that. Oh, who, dear. who opened that up? Oh, dear. And the minute he goes to look in, or she, because we've got some great female inspectors, but the minute they walk in looking for the papers, you have to shut that down. And what we're talking about is people who are getting laid off at this point. We're shutting businesses down. Landlords aren't getting their money. Mm. Business owners aren't getting their money. Business owners, and let's just say it's a restaurant. 
they're renting the dishwashing equipment, the soda dispensers. They're renting all kinds of stuff inside this business that now they can't even make payments on because they've shut down because they didn't go through the proper channels. So you run the risk then of mm-hmm. losing your business, of not being able to operate your business mm-hmm. if you don't go through proper channels. So that's the, if people are wondering, well, what if I just do it anyway, you know, I can fly under the radar, then you really do run the very real risk mm-hmm. of being shut down. And then how do you operate then? How do you operate your business if they've shut you down and you've got to go and go through that process? So it's better then to just go ahead and do things mm-hmm. the right way. And a real uh, mm-hmm. a, a real estate aid, a realtor will be yes. able to really help you through that process. Absolutely. But one that specializes in commercial. Because commercial. Most, most realtors that people are working with are likely going to be residential. Oh, right. So you want somebody who understands this business. Now, Michigan, you teach a class. We mentioned it back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. You teach a class. It's Commercial Leasing 101. <laughs> I have sat in on a few of these classes and have learned so much just by sitting in on the class. You and could so- have done this interview yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need me for this. Oh, yes, I did. Because triple nets, I still, that's still kind no, I'm not the one. So, but, but the class originally was for small business owners, and it kind of like morphed into this thing for now. It's a MCE for real estate agents, but small business owners are more than welcome yes. to come to this class. It just happens to be for real estate agents now because they seem to want to take the class more so than my small business owners. Unfortunately, what my small business owners are doing is making the mistake first yes. and then coming to us for the help. So we'd love it if they would join us on the front end in class. So th- come take the class if you want more information, just so that you are aware, even if you're going to hire a, a realtor, you can at least be educated yes. about the process. You and, should be. And so, so you really know kinds of questions to ask. So it's a very good class to take. I highly recommend it. And then if you want to hire um, Michigan, I call her Mish, hire Mish to uh, <laughs> represent you if you're here in the Houston area, surrounding areas. Um, she has a company called The Guillory Group. Yes. And you can um, go to her website, thegillorygroup.com. That's it. Mm-hmm. And uh, check her out there. And I'll put all this information on the show notes. Okay. And just give us your email real quick. It's going to be Michika at thegillerygroup.com. And I'll so, spell that for you. Okay. Be on the, <laughs> and there's a second one as well. The yes. easy one is Michika at commercialleasing101.com. Either one of those will get you to me, but isn't the key to learn how to spell Michika? It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And, and once you see it, you'll go, oh, and it's very easy. <laughs> and feel free to call me Mish like Lisa does. I've known you for, what, almost 20 years. Yes, so that's we're not that old. No, we're no, really not. We're not that old. No, no, no not at all. <laughs> we're not that We are seasoned. We're just not that old. Yes, I like that. Okay. <laughs> all right. Small business owners, you have been wonderfully just notified on the uh, ins and outs on commercial leasing, what not to do, what to do, what to expect. And there's even so much more. I mean, we only scratched the the surface. This is like yeah. a two-hour class it's that you took. I'm sorry. It's a three-hour class. Yeah. So we only skirted, I mean, just yeah. the very basics. A little bit here, a little bit there. Yes. Just enough to tease them. Call Michigan. <laughs> go see your website. Go visit. Get the information you need because business owners, we don't want you to be taken advantage of. We want you to go through the process very knowledgeable, know what you're walking into. Yeah. Michigan, I have enjoyed our time together. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed this. Thank you. And mm-hmm. until next time, everybody. 
that's our show for this week. Thanks to Mishika Gillery, my good friend, for stopping by and sharing with us what we need to know before we sign a commercial lease. It is so not like a, a renting an apartment, and now we know. And so if you're interested in taking her class just to get all the information, go to the show notes page, and there's a link to her commercial leasing 101 class and then also to the Guillory Group. Thanks for joining us. Um, you can go to the show notes page. It's www.themarketingstylist.com. I hope you're enjoying the series. We have another great show, another great interview coming up for you to help you expand your business. So make sure you tune in next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Shop Talk Podcast at www.themarketingstylist.com.